0: Fire Nation in the house, JLD here, and welcome to episode 1707 of EO Fire, where I chat with today's most inspiring entrepreneurs, seven days a week, and if you are ready to turn your funnels on fire, we have a free step-by-step course for you at funnelonfire.com, and now let's chat with today's featured guest, RP Eddie. RP are you prepared to ignite? Let's do it. Yes. it RP is the CEO of Ergo, an intelligence and advisory firm, and Four Rivers, an Asian-focused investment firm. He's a former US National Security official and UN diplomat and co-author of Warnings: Finding Cassandra's to Stop Catastrophes. RP, take a minute to fill in some gaps from that intro and give us a little glimpse of your personal life.
1: JLD, I'm excited to be here. and Congratulations, 1,707 episodes. <laughs> Amazing. And, and congratulations for everything you do. I love reading about you, listening to your podcast, but you're doing a great job helping other people meet their potentials, and that's a hell of a service. So, thank you. Um, my background, you got it. I was a National Security Council director. I was a U.S. diplomat, a U.N. diplomat. I had a, the real privilege of, of doing all those things for about 10 years. Then I uh, started eventually with some partners, a firm called Ergo. We're a global intelligence business. We help people answer hard questions, things that other companies simply can't answer. And then we've also begun to invest in Burma, Myanmar. And we're building a 18-story office building there, a class A office space in the fastest growing economy in the world. And then finally, uh, with a guy named Richard Clark, who a lot of your listeners will be familiar with, and Harper Collins, we have written a book called "Warnings." You mentioned the title, "Finding Cassandra's to Stop Catastrophes, Prevent Catastrophes," and uh, you know I'm happy to talk about that too. So, personal life: three kids, three great boys, live in Greenwich with my extraordinary wife, and um, really blessed guy.
0: Well, I can remember being in India back in 2008 and wanting to go to Myanmar, and getting a lot of people saying you just don't want to go there, and they would give a cacophony of reasons. Um, were they just being a little overdramatic back in 2008?
1: They were totally right. This country, this is the craziest thing. So this place, 60 years ago, had the most PhDs in Asia. It was the wealthiest per, co- per capita economy in Asia, maybe the wealthiest period. Uh, it had the best ag production. It was an unbelievable tourist spot. I mean, the place was on fire. It was the place to be. It had a long history of education and everything. And then this junta took over and said, you know what, we're just going to take this whole country this extraordinary culture and just drop it in carbonite like Han Solo The Empire Strikes Back, just boom, mm. freeze it, we're done. Uh, there was a lot of human rights violations. It was a pretty horrible place to be. And then this extraordinary Nobel Prize winner, Aung San Suu Kyi, who had been in house arrest and different types of arrest for 30 years, was finally allowed to run and she won the election and the country is now a full fledged democracy. It's totally extraordinary transformation.
0: And what year did that transformation start?
1: It's about four years old at this point. Wow. And it's, it's become real durable. And, um, you know, it's it's really off the radar screen for most Americans, but it's a great story of transformation. It's a great story of hope. And it now we believe is gonna be a great story of economic growth.
0: Yeah, totally. Well RP, I'm curious because I think you probably have a few areas of expertise, but just drill down into one for right now and share with our listeners, Fire Nation, who are entrepreneurs, small business owners, something that we should know that we probably don't know about your area of expertise.
1: Look, this doesn't fit totally perfectly with entrepreneurs, but entrepreneurs mean you're leaders and it means you're thinkers and it means you're out there trying to do something new and different. And that's critical for the fate of the nation, right? Fate of anywhere is to have people like you. In fact, when I was a diplomat, we used to talk about the entrepreneurial class. And we didn't mean people who go out and start new companies per se. We meant people who are leading the nation in new directions and with growth. So first of all, you and your listeners should understand to be an entrepreneur means you're, you're also part of something extraordinary about the growth of a nation, not just your business. And if you don't have entrepreneurs and entrepreneurial class, the country goes nowhere. So because of that, I will give you a broader view uh, than you know. here's how to do social media exploitation or whatever, right? I wanna talk about the fact that in this world, in this life, we've had catastrophe after catastrophe where someone has said very clearly, hey, Katrina's gonna happen and Levy 7, 12, and 15 are gonna break. Madoff is a fraud and here's why. Fukushima nuclear reactor at Daiichi needs to be higher because a tsunami is coming. And so you go across, you know, the challenger is going to explode because the O-ring is faulty. Uh, All these different warnings of catastrophe have come to us very clearly by educated experts with data and they've been ignored. So here's the lesson. These people walk amongst us, these folks who know these folks who need to be listened to and we should not ignore them and we do so at our own peril or we discover them to our great benefit. So every entrepreneur, every leader needs to understand that you are rife with human biases. We can talk about this some more later that uh, prevents you from listening to certain people. So if you can understand that, in fact, yes, the guy down the hall with dandruff on his shoulder, the abrasive attitude and the bad breath, who keeps telling you, you shouldn't use this chemical in your product, or you shouldn't hire that person, or you shouldn't enter that market, they're not always just naysayers. They're often correct. And sometimes what they're warning you of is much bigger than small things like that it could be actual catastrophes. So that's what Dick and I discovered really in this book, that there are, there are people out there who can foretell disaster we need to listen to. And we call them Cassandras. That comes from a Greek mythological story about a woman who foretold disaster and was ignored. uh, And she foretold the sacking of Troy by the Trojan horse. And she said, this is going to happen. She saw it in fiery detail. And uh, she, like everyone else in Troy burned to death because no one listened to
0: Cassandra. RP, let's shift to a story of your life. And, You've had the ups and the downs that's all business and entrepreneurs have had, but what would you consider your worst business moment to date that you've experienced? we can learn a lot of lessons <laughs> from that too. So take us to that story.
1: Here's one that's kind of fun uh, so i I had this really terrific privilege of being a director at the National Security Council at the White House during president bush's administration uh, excuse me President Clinton's administration, and I was a baby. I was much too young to be there. And, um, but I was there nonetheless. And so one of my jobs, and you can imagine this is very early on in my time there. And I got the scut work was to write the letters, uh, the personal letters from the president to foreign leaders. So these weren't the official Demarches or communiques, but this would be if a president wrote him a letter he had to write back personally. So I got to write those letters and I'd been there just long enough that I was feeling a little comfortable in my job. That was mistake number one. Um, I'm already prone to be a bit of a goofball, mistake number two. <laughs> and I now had this boss at the time named Richard Clark, my co-author of my book, who I just thought was the greatest guy I still do 20 years later. And I he's a funny guy, and I thought it'd be funny to play a little joke on him. And I thought solely he would be the only person to see the joke and we'd be fine. So again, I'm at the National Security Council, I'm sitting in the building adjoining the White House. I have to write a letter from the president of the United States to a foreign leader. I'm not going to say who it was in the letter. I wrote the letter just straight and fine. And then I put a PS on the bottom and I wrote a little joke about the president doing something sort of inappropriate in the blue room. I apologize for doing this. I understand your bodyguards will be returned soon. You know, sort of really silly, <laughs> really goofy, only want a dick to see it. Right? So I wrote the note, I put it in his folder in his in a folder, I put it in his inbox it sits there with his fantastic secretary, Beverly. I kind of wait outside the room, waiting for him, waiting to hear a laugh in his office. I don't hear a laugh. So then I, I kind of go in and I say, hey, do you read the letter? He goes, yeah, yeah, I read it. And I said, well, what do you think? And he says, great. It was great. I sent it on to the National Security Advisor's office. The <laughs> National Security Advisor's office. I was like, what? And I'm like, ah! So I now have to run out of my building, across the street, over to the White House, into Tony Lake's office. He's the National Security Advisor of the President. And he's got a secretary, famous secretary there, who actually is Fawn Hall's mother. It's a big part of history from Oliver north. But I run in and I said, where's this memo? Where's this memo from Richard Clark's office? And, you know, again, I'm a baby. Uh, it's the middle of summer. I'm now sweating profusely, running all over the place. I'm in big trouble. And, I, and where's this letter? Where's this letter? Oh, uh, it's uh, National Security Advisor Lake has already looked at it. It's on its way to the Oval. What? So now I have to run down the hall of the Oval Office. Betty Curry is President Clinton's secretary, another extraordinary woman. And I'm I, I need this memo, I need this memo. And she says, it's in his office, it's in President Clinton's office on his desk to be signed right now. So in the history of the National Security Council, no memo has ever moved this fast. These things usually take, you know, days and days. Ah! For whatever weird bent of history, this thing flew through the whole, you know, White House in hours. And uh, it's now sitting on President Clinton's desk. And if he sees this PS in the bottom I'm fried so I'm sitting there I can't charge into his office I'm sitting there and I'm now just sweating profusely I'm sitting at Betty Kerr I mean as I tell you the story I'm shaking I was so nervous this is 1995 (laughs) yeah finally the memo comes out in a folder and it's signed he hadn't even read it I'm like oh my god so I now have it back in my possession I've I've somehow been miraculously saved I go back to my office with this piece of paper. And I'm just, I'm just so shook up and I sit at my desk and I'm like, I'm basically in tears. You know, Dick's office now knows I've acted like an idiot. Tony Lake's office now knows I've acted like an idiot. Betty Curry in the Oval Office knows I'd act like an idiot. They don't know precisely what happened because no one read the thing. But, woof! I mean, I figure I'm done. So I'm sitting there just completely beside myself. And a guy who shares an office with me right next door, is, uh, his name's Peter, and he's a captain in the Coast Guard. And he's like, RP, what's wrong? And I said, oh, Peter, I've just, I've blown it, I've blown it. He goes, what happened? I, I've, ju- I've just done the biggest mistake I can imagine. I can't believe this. And he's very concerned. He comes over. He said, like, buddy, what happened? What happened? And I said, I'll tell you. So I tell him the story. And he starts laughing. I'm like, why are you laughing? He goes, hey, man, I'm a Coast Guard captain. When you tell me something bad really happened, that means like bolts broke off of boilers in the bottom of ships and five-ton boilers are rolling around inside holes, and ships are about to sink, and men are about to die. You know, writing a silly memo is not a catastrophe. And it was a real (laughs) lesson for me that, you know, how to put things into context, but also not to be too much of a goofball. So I would say that was one of my darker moment
0: well thank you for taking us back there because that was quite the entertaining story i think it's a super super valuable lesson because things happen in our businesses every single day fire nation in fact something happened to me this morning literally that while you're telling this story and then about the perspective at the end i'm like man, put things in perspective, JLD. And it's so true that we just blow these things up and then we let them dictate and potentially even ruin our day, our week, our month, and sometimes even our business because we don't put them in the correct perspective. So I do love that. And
1: You were saying you were in India at one point, right?
0: Four months backpacking.
1: So talk about perspective, right? So people listening to your podcast right now who've never been in poverty and there's horrible poverty in this country and in Europe Or have seen the destitute poverty in the emerging markets. Um, If you don't have that perspective, it's very easy to get wrapped up in where we are. But when you do get that perspective and you see that there's people out there dying uh, and holding their children as they're dying of lack of clean water or disease, it's really easy to remember how silly a lot of what we worry about really
0: is. So silly. RP, you're a great storyteller, so I kind of want to hear another story, but this one's going to be more focused on an aha moment, on one of your greatest ideas that you've had to date that you've actually been able to put into action and then get a great result from. So take us to the moment that you had that idea and kind of walk us through what that looked like.
1: (laughs) As you say that for, uh, this will be 30 seconds, the biggest aha moment I had in my life is when I opened my door on 77th Street and saw my wife walking across the street before I met her. That was the biggest aha moment of my life. So that was a great success story. But I won't bore you with that one. But (laughs) if she listens to that and I don't mention that, I'll be in trouble. So – and it happens to be true. Dick Clark and I – and you guys have to research who this guy is. He was the greatest counterterrorism leader in the history of the U.S. government. And um, he led counterterrorism from Bush 41 through Clinton through Bush 43. He was the man who said, we've got to get bin Laden. He was ignored, ignored, ignored. Unfortunately, he was right. This is pre-9-11. Um, and he was my boss, my mentor, and is, is one of my dearest, dearest, closest friends. He and I wanted to write a book together. And Dick said, look, I think there's something about people who foretell disasters are ignored. And I was like, oh, boring. Like, I'm <laughs> not interesting to me, but we talked about some more and some more. And we, we spent a lot of time hashing this out. And the aha moment, there was two. One was, wait a second, the really is this horrible history of catastrophes being totally predicted by people and, and those people are ignored. Like it happens over and over. And so when you start listing, just the list, just writing that first list with Dick, sitting on a patio a few summers ago, drinking whatever we were drinking and start listing out, geez, these disasters actually do happen and they are predicted, right? I mentioned some before, Katrina Fukushima made off the 08 collapse. That was a big aha moment. And we said, all right, wow, there's a story to be told there. That's aha number one. Aha number two was, all right, well, okay, great. Are we just going to write, you know, seven or 10 stories of horrible things happening that we failed to predict? And people are going to read that and go, you know, this is really sad. Thanks so much. Or is there a lesson here? And as we looked at those stories, and we didn't know, we had no idea that there would be lessons and commonalities, it turns out, the commonalities amongst those, remember, Cassandras, those people who foretold disasters and were ignored, the commonalities are overwhelming. And it was a massive aha moment. And here was the one thing that really got us. We interviewed seven to 10 Cassandras, right? And I mentioned the disasters. Every single one of them even used the same sentence with us. They all used the same sentence, which was, yeah, we would look at the decision makers and we would say to them, quote, unquote, why are you ignoring your own data? So we were like, my God, the commonalities are so profound that it's down to them all saying the same thing to the people who are ignoring them. So that was a big aha moment. We've, we've cataloged in this book the, the things these guys and gals have in common, the commonalities amongst them. And um, it's really, I, I'm, I'm really proud of it. And I feel like we've really discovered something pretty important here that is actually somewhat understandable and easy for decision makers and leaders and entrepreneurs to read to say, wait a second, if I see these characteristics and someone is warning me of something, or I see these characteristics and the actual warning they're giving me, et cetera, et cetera, I better look twice, ask the next question. So that was a big aha moment for me.
0: So Fire Nation warnings, finding Cassandra's to stop catastrophes. May 23rd, 2017, this book went live. So as you listen to this, you can head on over to Amazon or you know, wherever you want to pick up this book because it's got some great stories in there. But you know, just as RP said, it has some great lessons as well. And RP, you shared one, but let's maybe kind of get into what was another surprise that you encountered? You know That, that one sentence that everybody shared, you were like, wow, that's kind of interesting that they're all using these words. What was something else that surprised you in, in creating this book?
1: Here's what surprised me. And it shouldn't have. When you think about a challenge, so take it back to the entrepreneurs and, and the businesses that we all run. When you take it back, take you think of any challenge, it's often seductive or one of the simple aspects of our brains just to look at one aspect of the problem and think we're seeing the whole picture, right? Our, I think the lesson I learned, just to put it simply, and, and it just was in stark detail writing this book, is we are just, you know, a just... Tubes of meat walking around illuminated by biases, right? We are such bias driven organisms. I don't care who you are and how enlightened you think you are. You are living your life based on heuristics and biases, heuristics and biases, right? So heuristic means a series of lessons you've learned over time that actually help you, right? So I'll be super non-scientific here, but when you drive to work, you don't have to consciously remember you know gas, brake, uh, turn signal, steering wheel, and left, right, left, right, left, right turn, you kind of get there automatically and often people will say, "God, I got to work today, and I kind of forgot driving there That's because <laughs> you 're on autopilot, you were in a heuristic, you were in a program and you got there that's positive when your heuristics lead you to improper decisions because of biases or because of innate. You know, failings you're making in your decision-making process that becomes a bias, and a bias uh, turns out we are just riddled with biases. Uh, and so, writing this book, uh, I was just shocked. And, and look, this has nothing to do with the book per se. I was just amazed how bias-riddled human beings are. So, I'll give you a very simple one. This last election, the most divisive maybe we've ever had, um, the, the the presidential election, the. And look, we don't have to get into it, and we shouldn't. But the degree of divisiveness in this country is unbelievable. And what was interesting, on both sides of the media, so let's just say Fox on one side, MSNBC on the other, whoever you want to use, Breitbart, whatever, a lot of the media that they were purporting, a lot of the stories they were telling, fake news or not, fake news being a better example, were things that made us scared. So if I tell, uh, you know, JD's family, JLD's family, the Dumas family, you know, here's a bunch of really, really, really bad news. You as a family, you as a cohort, you and your sort of tribe are going to pull in closer and closer to yourselves. So, one bias we have is when presented with fearful or scary information, we 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 kind of um, we we revert to type. We revert back to our own group, back to our own tribe. That, to me, is an interesting bias, right? Uh, and there's so many of them. In this book, we talk about um, erroneous consensus or a whole variety of things where we think we have things figured out, we just don't. So what does that mean? Recognize that you are full of biases. Go to Wikipedia, read the list of biases. They have a great list of biases in there or buy our book and understand some of the biases you have. And and don't forget that as you make your decisions, you're making decisions based on your monkey brain, not on your, your actual Uh, creative human brain.
0: Love that. And Fire Nation, you're going to love the lightning round. So don't you go anywhere because we're going to take a quick minute first to thank our sponsors. If you're looking for a new logo or website design but aren't really the design type, then I've got a great resource for you It's called Design Crowd. Design Crowd is a crowdsourcing platform that gives you access to 500,000 creative minds from around the world who can come up with amazing designs for you. This is a huge plus for those of us who find ourselves to be designed challenged. All you have to do is launch your brief, and then designers will begin submitting quality designs for you to review. Within hours, you'll receive your first design, and over the course of several days, a typical project will receive 60 to 100 plus different designs to choose from, visit designcrowd.com slash fire. That's D-E-S-I-G-N-C-R-O-W-D.com slash fire for a special $100 VIP offer or simply enter the discount code fire when posting your project on DesignCrowd. Premium stock footage and great music tracks are hard to find, but if you want to stand out from the crowd, presentation is everything. That's what's great about VideoBlocks and their sister site, AudioBlocks, two subscription-based media sites that give you unlimited access to premium stock footage in a library of over 100,000 music tracks, sound effects, and loops. Unlike some other stock sites, downloads from VideoBlocks and AudioBlocks are yours forever and 100% royalty-free. This month, VideoBlocks is launched its latest collection creator to creator where they'll be featuring videos and music from creators just like you visit videoblocks.com slash fire for a two for one deal get audio blocks for free when you sign up for your 149 dollar video block subscription that's video v-i-d-e-o-b-l-o-c-k-s dot com slash fire RP, are you ready to rock the lightning rounds? Let's do it. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur?
1: Financial fear. Nothing. Nothing exciting. Just financial fear. Getting out there and being on my own and not having um, a trampoline underneath me.
0: What's the best advice you've ever received? A
1: big disclaimer. Just because it's the best advice I've ever received doesn't mean I follow it all the time. (laughs) It doesn't mean I follow it nearly enough. But it's very simply, you know, it, it, three ways of looking at it, right? The golden rule, do unto others as you'd hope them to do unto you. Was it was also taught to me as I am third, which is the idea that my, my God comes first, others come second, I come third. And then the, you know, I have to, I apparently have to learn things to hear things a lot to really learn them. I have to be taught things over and over to kind of get into my thick skull. So that same message, right. Golden rule, I am third, was also taught to me at a school I went to, a school called Groton, and a Latin phrase, qui voir es regnar, To serve is to rule, or he who serves is royal. And that's a weird, complex you know, idea, but what it basically means is service to others is the best thing I can do, and it's, it's self-benefiting, right? There's no such thing as a non-selfish act. But when you tell an eighth grader or a freshman that if you serve others, you become a ruler, or that's a positive thing for you, that's a great way to get the message into me. And uh, there's a whole theory around this whole thing. David Halberstam wrote a great book called The Best and the Brightest. It's a fantastic book about American foreign policy leadership. He talks about that actual motto at Groton, Keyser, Regnar. And he talks about it as understanding that you have immense privilege. And that, look, hey, if you have such thing, if you have such privilege, you might as well use it to do good and be aware of it. So that was a big lesson for me. I, was an extro- I am an extraordinary lucky person. I'm given extraordinary privilege. And if I don't use that to, to do something, let alone serve others, then I think that's a real failure. Th- that would be the biggest lesson I've ever been taught.
0: What's a personal habit that contributes to your success?
1: Find time to think period. There's your sentence.
0: No, I love it. And actually I have one word every single year. So my 2017 word is think. I think it's so important that we give ourselves that time to just step back, release from all the noise and and just think. So that's perfect.
1: And remember, we talked about biases before. Biases are when you are not thinking. Autopilot. Autopilot. Get out of autopilot and question, question, question. You know, the idea of the five whys, right? If you're talking to someone, ask five times, why, 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 why? You're thinking about something, ask five times, why, why? Literally say five times. Ask the question, why? Five times. And when you're done with that, you maybe broke out of your bias.
0: (laughs) RP, I want to end today on fire, brother. So give us just one parting piece of guidance, the best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye.
1: There we go. Ask the next question, five whys. Don't, Don't sit there and be on autopilot. Don't let your biases take you over. Understand that there are people out there who are truly able to see things you can't see. Don't let your ego get in the way. Don't let the fact that they are off-putting. Don't let the fact you don't understand the complexity or the technology that they're describing to you mean that you ignore them. Be unbelievably curious. Think, ask the next question, and realize Someone on this podcast right now, JLD, is going to at some point be in a position of leadership yeah. where someone's going to come to them and say, hey, we've got a real problem. And it might mean that your supply chain has something poisonous in it, or it might mean that you're a leader and there's a dam that's going to break. But that person who's coming to explain to you that there's a disaster coming is worth you asking another question. Ask the next question. Don't let your biases get in the way of listening to a, or an important warning. Please help save us all.
0: And how can we connect with you? We think
1: Cassandra's are very important, and we've got to get out there and find them. So we've started a, an award and a foundation. We're going to give ten thousand dollars. This is a nonprofit to the person nominated uh, this year who is possibly predicting a catastrophe and needs to be listened to. And we want everyone on everyone who hears us to go online and go to find Cassandra dot com and simply input look here's a person i think you need to think about and when we find that person we have an extraordinary group of of uh judges including general michael hayden former head of cia and nsa ambassador frank wisner our greatest living ambassador richard clark who i mentioned uh david cohen who used to run the cia operations we have an extraordinary group of people including cassandra's themselves who are going to judge these submissions. So go to findcassandra.com and fill out the form, nominate a Cassandra, and tell us who's giving a warning that we're ignoring. And when we pick that person, we're going to give them a $10,000 gift, nonprofit. We're going to have a big press release and we're going to try to focus more attention on that person and the disaster they're foretelling in the hopes that we as a world can avoid that disaster. And your listeners can help By going to find com and telling us about who that person is.
0: Fire Nation, you're the average of the five people that you spend the most time with and you have been hanging out with RPE and JLD today, so <laughs> keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. Just type Eddie, that's E-D-D-Y in the search bar and RP show notes will pop right up with everything that we've been talking about today. These are the best show notes in the biz, timestamps, links galore. Of course, head directly over to findcassandra.com to check out all the awesomeness awesomeness that's going on there. And the book, Warnings, Finding Cassandras to Stop Catastrophes. Go check it out. It's available on Amazon as we're speaking. And RP, thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side.
1: JLD, you're extraordinary. Congratulations on great, great work you do. Thanks so much.
0: Hey, Fire Nation. Hope you enjoyed our chat with RP today. And if you are ready to master productivity, discipline, and focus in just 100 days, visit themasteryjournal.com and I will catch you there or I'll catch you on the flip side. Premium stock footage and great music tracks are hard to find, but if you want to stand out from the crowd, presentation is everything. Visit videoblocks.com slash fire for a two-for-one deal. Get audio blocks for free when you sign up for your $149 video block subscription today. That's videoblocks.com slash fire.